Quarterback draw for Zach. Zach shakes off tacklers, leans at the plane, and dives in for six. The Cougars score on the quarterback keeper from Zach Wilson. Snap to Zach. Zach play fake. Five-step drop. He throws on the end to Rex. Another touchdown catch for Rex. Touchdown, Cougars. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Another winning Monday. It is November 9th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, a man who is currently helping me select the play from BYU's blowout win at Boise State that needs to be immortalized in Lego, courtesy of a bet I made with Gold Yeller in Boise. Yeah, I, I think it should be the Tyler Algier 86-yard run. That was pretty awesome. Set the tone for the game, and uh, for a while there was the game-winning score. <laughs> Until Boise State got two late ones when BYU was up 45-3. Yeah, talk about a tone setter uh, in Boise on the blue when you ha- haven't had success up there in terms of win. It just... Look at look at the block by the ump here. Ready? Ready oh, for yeah. this? And, and, then and there, boom, BYU and, playing and then 12 on 11. Yep. I don't know. Does he catch Tyler Algier I, even I, if he's not blocked by the umpire? He, he has a pretty good chance, yeah. So uh, thanks to that ref. <laughs> no, it was, it was really well blocked. Isaac Rex down the field. Anyways, I think this play should be the play. It's the longest play. This is going to create uh, more work for Jared. (laughs) And I think he needs to have the umpire involved there. I'm not saying the ump made it a touchdown, but maybe, (laughs) right? Like, maybe. Let's... Let's not, let's not wear these all day. You know. I'm a little concerned of what the product is going to be because Jared is a you Boise think? State fan, so it might be not as high quality. What? No, he's done several BYU plays that were incredible. He's never <laughs> mailed it in. Well, he's never uh, done a, uh, a play that doesn't highlight that his team. Boise State. Yeah, that was Boise State. Listen, he's a Boise State import from Canada. <laughs> he liked Boise State growing up. He's learned to love them, and that's awesome. That's great. We love Jared. He's a closet He's, BYU fan, whether he wants to admit it or not. Jared, yeah, we know. Yeah, we know you are. That you are a BYU hey, fan. Hey, hey. We know. I can't reach over far enough for that. <laughs> awesome. We're also uh, in the know about today's show lineup. It is loaded. Where does BYU's 34-point blowout win over Boise State rank among the greatest wins in BYU football history? ESPN's Trevor Maddich will join us live to discuss Friday's win and what it means for BYU in the New Year's Six and college football playoff conversations. Plus, did Taysom Hill outperform Tom Brady last night? And 17-plus times two. Here are today's BYU Sports Station headlines. Number nine, Brigham beats number 21, Boise State, 51-17. 51-17. Man. Zach Wilson, 22 of 28. They gave him the Neil Pau touchdown pass instead of rush yesterday. That helps the efficiency. 360 yards, four total touchdowns. Tyler Algier, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Gunnar Romney and Dax Milne combined at 232 yards on nine catches. His first win on the blue against the Broncos for the Cougars. Fury moves up to number eight in the AP and Coaches Bowl. Eight, how about that? Cougars have the week off before North Alabama on November 21st. Where? Live on BYU TV. The climb has been steady in the rankings. More on that in just a moment. Cougars in the NFL repping the Y with swag once again. The best linebacker in football, according to Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers. 
Fred Warner had 13 tackles in a 49ers loss to the Packers, 34-17. Kyle Van Noy, another linebacker great, had five tackles in a Miami Dolphins win against the Arizona Cardinals, 34-31. That's huge for your Seahawks, Jeremy, who lost yesterday. Yeah, thanks for the money. Daniel Sorensen had 10 tackles for the Kansas City Chiefs and a forced fumble. The Chiefs survive a Panthers comeback effort, 33-31. Sorensen's former defensive backfield teammate at BYU, Michael Davis of the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego, had four tackles and a pass deflected in a loss to Ben Bagley's Raiders. And Taysom Hill, explosive in limited plays, helping the Saints in a 38-3 blowout win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Matt Harms is selected as one of the 20 players on the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Center of the Year Award watch list. The Purdue grad transfer averaged 9, 5, and 2 last season. That's points, rebounds, blocks. BYU opens the season in two weeks. The exact date and game haven't been announced. And the AP poll just came out. Preseason hoops. Gonzaga, the preseason number one. BYU 14 out with four points. So BYU starts as the 39th, uh, number 39 in the top 25. What? I like the way you're going with this, Jerem. Yes. St. Mary's nowhere to be found? Question mark. Yeah, no, no votes. I award you no points. Carson Lundell shot a 66 in the final round of the Rustic Collegiate Classic to finish tied for second overall and help the BYU men's golf team finish in third place. Lundell's 66 included three birdies and an eagle. Was the best score of the final round, tied for third best round in the tournament. BYU men's golf finishes their fall schedule, so they'll take a break while the BYU women's golf team playing at the Mercer Invitational in Macon, Georgia, today and tomorrow. And Casey Klinger, uh, high school national champ, All-American, went on a mission. He's back, won the 2020 Weber State Cross-Country Invite with an 8K time of 23.59.90. Number two, BYU also won the team portion by one point over Weber State. It was close. BYU didn't have Connor Mance or Clayson Shumway in the competition. It was supposed to be with Montana State as well. They had a positive COVID test, so it was just a dual meet. All rise and shout. Enjoy the winning feeling. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We set BYU and Boise State up as the biggest game since the Cotton Bowl, the WAC Championship game in 1996. Some people went as far back as saying this is the biggest game in BYU football history since the National Championship game in 1984. And then BYU drops a 51 spot on the blue and wins by 34. So, Jerem, with all that hype and buildup and everything that went into that game, where does the win over Boise State by 34 points rank in BYU football history? I think it climbs into the back of the top 10. I really do. If BYU plays in a New Year's Six game this year and wins, notice I didn't say playoff, a New Year's Six game and wins, that will be one of the greatest wins in BYU history. You'd think they'd climb into the top five, right? So I, I say top ten. It's almost, BYU almost made it uh, a worse win because they blew Boise State out. Does that make sense? If it's a close, dramatic, incredible, iconic finish, we probably let it go higher on the list today. But because BYU destroyed Boise State, de- I mean, just decimated the Broncos. But, Jerem, they had their third and fourth string quarterbacks in. It was fourth string with uh, Finnegan. The third string was out for the game. And then they brought in the fifth string, question mark? Yeah, it, anyway, listen, I don't want to hear it. The, the BYU offense was too good for Boise State to handle. If Hank Bachmeyer plays in that game, BYU still wins by 10-plus. I thought I felt, I felt pretty aggressive Friday when I said, listen, BYU's going to win by 10. They're going to win by double figs. Gosh, I was wrong. BYU went by 17-plus twice, 34. 
So it, it was incredible. I put it at the back end of the top 10. In fact, I made a list, and I put it 10th. Okay. So top 10 win, Yeah. even though it was a 34-point blowout against a depleted Boise State offense, because that's what I keep hearing from critics across was the a, nation. Was it a depleted Boise State defense? They had injuries. Uh, oh, so does uh, BYU. Lorenzo Faltea, Zane Anderson didn't play. You know what I mean? Well, BYU beat Boise State last year, who was at full health. Uh, when they had their third-string quarterback, Baylor yeah. Romney, and a fourth-string running back in Sione yeah. Finau. I was tweeting that in the second quarter. <laughs> and I was texting Aaron Goldsmith, and he did get it in in the third quarter, by the way. Where this win ultimately ends up being ranked will depend on what BYU does with the remainder of the season. Well, I mean right now. Yeah, the, the catapult effect, if it locks BYU into a New Year's Six game, then yeah, it's a top-ten win. If it propels BYU to something even greater, then maybe it moves BYU a little higher in that list of all-time great wins. But we're th- perhaps we're thinking about, yeah, think about is- the number one win, and and you and I agree that the greatest win in BYU football history is taking down number Miami. one Miami. Miami. It won Ty Detmer the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, it had BYU as high as number four that season. They were top five for like six to eight weeks. That people forget that. So that one remains number one, and yeah. Miami finished that season number three. You know, where does Boise State finish? Does Boise State win the Mountain West and finish ranked? Yeah, they won the Mountain West. Like, yeah. Well, that, that adds to, oh, BYU destroyed the team that won the Mountain West and finished ranked. That's not going to be a thing that people may- – <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about Oklahoma. I just know they're re- – in 09, do you care what Oklahoma finished like, right? In the moment, we do. We bring it up. But, like, Wisconsin, 8-5. and five, But winning at Camp Randall, what was it, a 41-game home win streak? Yes. Number six? Non-conference. That was big time, right? Yeah, non-conference. That was incredible. So here's what I have. I have Miami 90, 84 Michigan because you win the national championship. We call it the national championship game. It was not. It, it was determined game it. That won the national championship. 1980 SMU because of the comeback. It was incredible. 06 Utah, just epic finish. Back to our lane. Come on. 09 Oklahoma. I put 96 Kansas State at six. I think that was a... Uh, the only New Year's Day bowl is a big time, right? That's the best bowl win that BYU has ever had, like yeah. in terms of a big-name bowl scenario. I put 96 Texas A&M as seventh. Um, 2018 Wisconsin, I put 1983 UCLA. That was a ranked win against the eventual Rose Bowl champs, by the way. Talk about Mountain West champs. <laughs> Rose Bowl champs, let's go. Yeah. And then I put 2020 Boise State. Uh, and, and I could see an argument for other games. 84 Pitt, who was number three, they end up stinking, but whatever. Um, 2006 TCU was big. 01 Utah was big. Uh, 83 Missouri was big. Uh, yeah, the, there there are a ton. There, I have like ten more. I'm not even mentioning. So the conversation for me now, based on the list you just presented, and we talked a little bit about this in our pre-production call this morning, is does this vault into the best win in BYU's independence era? There's no question. But you have Wisconsin listed above. Well, oh yeah, Boise State. I, oh yeah, yeah, I do. Mm. I th- I st- I think because Wisconsin was sixth, that just had a like. The, think about it. the splash that BYU made with that win was bigger than the splash BYU made on Friday. Part of that is Friday. Part of that is FS1 as well. If this happens Saturday afternoon on ABC, maybe it's a little bigger. I don't know. And I'm telling you, because BYU blows out Boise State, it is less dramatic. We love drama. This is oh my gosh! If it's close, all time classics. Whatever, yeah. Yes. We don't we don't think of it in the same ilk. Like it it'll be a win that we think about for a long time, but I'm not sure it's going to be iconic because it wasn't dramatic. BYU was almost too good in the game. 
when it, t- when it comes to the conversation and the memory of the game. We remember UCLA 08, but it's sort of in the second tier of remembrance of great games, right? Yeah, they were ranked number 25, and they weren't worthy of the ranking, and BYU walked all over them. And, I mean, it was fun. You could argue that for Boise State in this situation, given the way they played. You but know what I mean? it wasn't but, dramatic. But they're Boise State and whatever. So, yeah, I— if BYU won in uh, you know, the last minute or whatever, I'm telling you, it'd be like number sure. seven. The context of never winning on the blue and that having been a huge proverbial monkey on the back for BYU adds to the context. And I forgot about that once BYU was up 45-3. I was like, <laughs> oh, gosh, wow. Yeah, 51 points is incredible as well, um, which we'll get to in a moment. The margin, a ranked win on the road, the first win on the blue. Only two days to prepare, by the way. Remember that whole thing? Mm-hmm. Only Monday and Wednesday? Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? The Zach Wilson revenge story. Get your T-shirts now if you follow the BYU Sports Nation on Twitter. Um, but the 51 points is notable. It's uh, something significant in BYU history, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 51 points against Boise State. The most points scored by a Cougar team against a ranked opponent ever. So, again, does this not vault above a, a win like Wisconsin? No. It's just no. historic and, perspective. By, by the way, so Boise State doing the onside kick. I don't fault them for doing it. It's like a little weird when you're down that much, 35. They do it, and BYU keeps the starters in well, because because of the quick touchdowns. Yeah. But I asked Kalar Satake about this at the end of the game. He, and he said, well, it felt like they were getting some momentum. I was a little nervous about injuries. And, in fact, Lopini Katoa gets hurt. So I'm, I'm hoping that Lopini's okay. It looked like knee or ankle. We'll, we'll find out today at, at noon um, from Kalani if, if there's anything there. And perhaps we may not find out until the North Alabama game. But he kept starting yes. in. There was a little, there's a little of this going on. Well, I mean, Kalani felt like he had to squelch any type of momentum, that the, the big mo. And... Man, Shakir, because of those two touchdowns, (laughs) finishes with the most receiving yards of anyone in the game. It's like Boise State was like, they finally got out the binoculars and they're like, oh, Zane Anderson isn't playing. And like, what took so long? (laughs) (laughs) BYU's defense was incredible, by the way. If BYU only scored 19 points in every game this year, 19, nothing, you should lose a bunch, right? BYU would be 6-2. and That's how good the defense has been this year. BYU has a massive collective chip on the shoulder as well because right after the game, we started to see all these tweets and social media posts from several members of the team of, what's the excuse now? I don't want to hear it. We just dominated. We were ready the whole time. Do you believe in us now? These were coming from player Twitter and Instagram accounts. This was the validating win, right? Validation Times 34, because you just beat Boise State by 34 points. 34. It could have been more, really. Like, if BYU plays a little bit deeper on two of those plays. They don't give up that last late touchdown. It's a 51-10 to game. Yeah. By the way, Boise Boise State's playing most of this game with a two-star LDS kid that BYU did not recruit. He was committed to North Texas, went on his mission. On his mission, like USC, Graham... Harold, who was at North Texas, is at USC. They're, they offer. He's like, nah, I'm going to Boise State. He gets in there. I'm like, is that Tanner Mangum? He looks like Tanner Mangum. And, and to your point, BYU just dominated regardless, like on offense, on defense, it didn't matter. Baylor Romney was the third string. Sione Fina was the fourth string running back. I tweeted that out literally in the second quarter yeah, yeah. as a proactive thing. Like, I don't want to hear. I said, 
I don't want to hear about a third-string freshman quarterback in the conversation about how this game went last year. Baylor Romney was both last year in a win. So Isaiah Kafusi quoted me after the game, and he said this. Yeah, I don't want to hear any excuses. We dominated. That's the bottom line. This team is special. Go Cougs. Amen. Amen. They were ready. Whether Jack Sears stays in the game the whole time, Boise State is not winning that game. It doesn't matter. Not going to win that game. It might have been been tough with Kellen Moore in the game. Like, Kellen Moore was amazing. (laughs) 50-3 and is the starter at Boise State. (sighs) Woo! All right. It would have been a good game with Kellen Moore in the game. Time for our Voice of the Nation with our question of the day. Where does the win over Boise State rank in BYU football history? Let's hear from you, BYUSN. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jarrell Nichols on Instagram says, After learning about so many historic wins from the glory days and seeing some big wins myself like Wisconsin and Oklahoma, I'd say this is in the top 20. Finally beating Boise on the blue turf was huge for BYU. Not just beating, but dominating on the Smurf turf was so sweet. Yeah, definitely top 20. I, I, I could see if you put it like, yeah, it's for sure in the top 20. There have been some amazing wins, and it all of a sudden goes in there. It's incredible. <laughs> all right. What do we have on the way, Jerem? Taysom Hill. Was he a better quarterback than Tom Brady last night? Maybe. And ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us. Where does he have BYU in the New Year's Six conversation and the college football playoff conversation. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join Greg Rebell as he talks with all three coordinators today. Typically it's two of the three. Today it's three because of the big win against Boise State. Coordinators Corner coming up right after us, 1 Eastern on the BYU TV app. We are live in Studio B on a Monday with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline for another Maddich Monday is ESPN college football insider and elite analyst Trevor Maddich. Trevor, 8-0, BYU, number 8 in the country. How you feeling on a Monday about BYU football overall? About as good as I've felt for a couple of decades. I mean, this is fantastic what they're doing. The big question was, were they as good as they seemed to be? Or was it just a factor of the competition was that much below them? So you go up to number 21, a place that they've never won, and obliterate, utterly obliterate Boise State. Now, I've heard a lot of people say that Boise was down to their third quarterback, right? Well, that, that's a factor. That, you know, that's a factor. But those quarterbacks that were hurt don't play defense for Boise State. And 51 points on those guys. They ripped them on the ground. They ripped them through the air. And Zach Wilson made it look completely effortless against one of the better defenses in the country. I thought that was a statement that everybody was waiting for them to make, that they finally had the opportunity to make. We thought this was one of the biggest games in BYU history. And obviously, as BYU gets further down the road here, perhaps it can elevate or uh, lower. But where do you think this win ranks in BYU history, Trevor? Well, it's big if they win out and it gets them to a New Year's Six Bowl because that will be the game that likely made the playoff committee. It's the playoff committee who decides the 12 teams that are in the New Year's Six Bowls. This will have been the game that will have told them that, yes, BYU does deserve to play on that stage. Now, we won't know that yet because there are still two games to play, maybe more. But if they do win out, this game, I think, will, would validate what you guys have been saying, that it is one of the biggest games in the history of BYU, not because it's the highest-ranked team they've played, not because it's the 
you know, I mean, they beat number one Miami, right? They've gone out on the road and beaten teams in the top 10, neutral sites in the top 10. This was number 21. But what it would do, if it does, put them in the New Year Six, that would make this maybe, if not the greatest game or most important game, one of the most important catalyst games in BYU history. Trevor, Friday night produced several highlight reel moments and several impressive aspects of what BYU football is capable of doing in the 2020 season. But in your opinion, which was the most impressive thing that you saw on Friday night? About half the catches that Dax Mill made. made. He was lights out. Guys, we've talked for years about the receivers needing to step up and be tougher, be angrier. And several years ago and prior they they were soft. I mean, the ball would come down, and if they could catch it, they would. And if the defender was there and it was hard, oh, well, I'll try it again. No, it's your ball. It's the last bone in the yard, and you're a junkyard dog fighting for that bone against another dog, and that's it. You win that bone. It belongs to you. You are angry. It is proprietary. That is the way you treat it. It's the way every position needs to treat it, by the way. But the, the receivers, for so long, it was a marshmallow floating over a campfire, and they're happy to let another Boy Scout get it if they didn't get it. This group of receivers, for several years, has been playing with that level of anger. And Dax Milne, in this game, came up with contested catch after contested catch, where he didn't make the catch because he has good hands. He does. He didn't make cont- the contested catch because he ran a good route. He did. The defender was right there to fight him for it. When the ball came down, it wasn't a matter of it being a catch. It was a matter of it being a battle, and he won those battles. And I'll tell you, that impressed me. I couldn't pick one because there were a number of them. Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney combined for nine catches for 232 yards. I mean, they have turned into a dynamic duo. And Zach Wilson throwing the ball, he goes uh, 22 of 28 for 360 and three touchdowns, passing one rushing. Do you expect Zach at this point to be top five in the Heisman when all said and done? I do. And I, my, right now, if I had to guess, there'll be five players in New York for the Heisman ceremony, all five of them quarterbacks, and Zach, one of those guys. I mean, you figure Trevor Lawrence of Clemson, Justin Fields of Ohio State, Mac Jones of Alabama, right? And then Kyle Trask of Florida with his performance against Georgia on Saturday, I think he basically cemented himself as in that category. And then I think a lot of people want to vote. They want to vote for Zach. I think they're a little reticent because of the schedule to this point. But I think the Boise State game will give those voters the excuse they need to vote for him. And remember what it takes to get to New York. What it takes to get to New York is you've got to be close to the next one above you. But where they put the cutoff is at the biggest jump after the third guy. So you got one, two, three. And if four is pretty close to three, they'll bring number four. If five is pretty close to four, they'll bring number five. If there's a big jump off after that, drop off, then those are the five they'll bring. And right now, I don't see any way that Zach Wilson is not in New York. Now, there's still a lot of football to be played yet. Who knows what might happen? But based on the quality of his play, forget about the schedule. I think he is a worthy candidate to win the Heisman Trophy, at least be in that conversation and not just get to New York. Unfortunately, he plays the schedule he does. December 12th is when the Heisman uh, committee has said they're going to announce it. That's the second to last week of the season. I, I don't get why they haven't pushed back their date. And, oh, by the way, BYU has a game that day. I doubt anyone will actually go to New York, by the way. Probably a, a Zoom or something, right, um, via satellite. Well, yeah. But it's, it's weird that yeah. they haven't pushed back everything like everyone else has. We're kind of two weeks later, right? 
Yeah, and uh, there are a lot of uh, a lot of people out there that wish that they would delay the Heisman voting, the end of the voting, until after all the bowls are over mm-hmm. and the national championship is won, because it might be close between two guys, and then all of a sudden one of them goes out, lights out, carries his team to a national championship, but oh, the voting's already closed. So there are a lot of people that, that wish that. In having the the vote close of the ceremony when they are, they're doing it before even the conference championship games, because the conference championship games are the weekend of the twelfth or twentieth. Most of them. Here's the problem with pushing it back. When do you push it back to? You know, because all of a sudden you got the 20th to the New Year's Six Bowls. And if you push it back too too far, you get back after the national championship game, which is a lot of people wish that they would do. Then all of a sudden you lose interest. Once the national championship game is over, everybody rolls over and they're looking forward to the start of baseball, right? Or they're looking forward to the Super Bowl. But I think what they're trying to do is be as relevant as they can from a viewership standpoint. And so that's why they keep it where it is. But I think it's unfortunate that COVID has kind of put them in an impossible situation, too. It's another Maddich Monday on BYU Sports Nation with ESPN's Trevor Maddich. According to ESPN's expert, experts, I should say, BYU has a 23% chance to make the college football playoff. That is the seventh best percentage of any team in the country. Trevor, what kind of a chance do you give BYU to legitimately make the college football playoff following a 51-17 win against Boise State? I think that's fair. They've got a couple of problems. The teams ahead of them right now between where they are and four are Cincinnati, Texas A&M, Florida, and then Clemson is the AP number four right now. Now, keep in mind, this is AP. That's not the poll that will count. It's the, the votes of the committee. But this is what we have right now, right? It's possible BYU could jump Cincinnati, although Cincinnati does have a better schedule, a tougher schedule. Because when you, the football people on the committee look at it, I think BYU would have a better chance in the playoff than Cincinnati might. Cincinnati is built for power. I mean, they, they grind you on defense. They grind you with an amazing running game. What they're not good at is downfield passing. And when you face a playoff caliber defense and they can slow down or even stop your running game, what's your plan B? Cincinnati doesn't really have a plan B. At least they haven't shown it yet. Whereas BYU has got a good running game. But their plan B is the best deep passer in all of college football, Zach Wilson. And so I think they might have a better chance on that stage, and that might help them a little bit. Now you've got Texas A&M. They're a problem. They're not going to win the SEC unless Bama loses twice, which they won't, uh, because they lost to Bama. But if they go ten and or excuse me nine and one in a ten game SEC schedule, even though their division's down this year, it's still a ten game SEC schedule. And they're a one-loss non-champ. I think the committee will give them a lot of juice to be that number four, uh, even over a conference champ, maybe a Pac-12 champ or a Big 12 champ. Then you've got Clemson. If Clemson continues to win and so does Notre Dame and they meet in the ACC championship game and Clemson beats them, they avenge their defeat from Saturday, then Clemson wins the ACC with one loss therein. Notre Dame is a one-loss non-champ who has already beaten the then number one team in the nation pretty good chance they'll stay ahead of BYU. So there's all these different things that can happen that would conspire against BYU getting there because the schedule doesn't give them the juice to enforce their their will. They need to continue to win and then hope that they get a lot of help. Now, in 1984, we had that help. We continued to win, but then highly ranked teams above us kept losing to, to teams that were below 500, some of them. And they knocked themselves out, and that opened the door for us. So that's what this team would need as well in order to get up into that position at number four.
Yeah, Notre Dame winning was bad for BYU's college football playoff chances. Uh, I'll put them on. I still think it's blue goggles. But um, the good the good news no, is put those on. BYU. I know they're so silly. BYU's number eight. How much higher can BYU go realistically? We're talking about the schedules and the a one loss Power Five team is probably going to be considered in many instances a better team than BYU. So, wh- how high can BYU get in this conversation? Do you think? I think six is realistic uh, without a ton of help. They need Cincinnati to lose because Cincinnati undefeated conference champ. I don't see any way BYU can get get above them from that standpoint, unless, once again, the committee looks at the downfield passing game. Then Texas A&M, they still have a bunch of SEC games to go, but look at what's happened in their division overall. Some of these games they've already played, but you've got Alabama beat A&M. Auburn is up and down. You never know what Auburn team you're going to get. Arkansas is better, but they're still not as good as they were. Uh, both Mississippi schools have new coaches for a reason, and LSU has fallen completely off the map. A&M has already covered some of those teams, but they've got several games to go. So they have a very good chance of winning out. And if they do, they'll stay above BYU. Florida, they're either going to beat Alabama, which would make it them SEC champ, but Bama would still stay ahead of BYU, I think, with, with uh, that loss. And then if Bama beats Florida in the SEC championship game, assuming both went out to that point, it'll be a second loss for Florida. But I don't know that Florida would drop below BYU either. So I think six is a is a good possibility if they get a little bit of help. Seven is the more likely. Trevor, a huge conversation point for a lot of BYU fans right now is, okay, BYU's 8-0 but they only have two games over the next essentially month and a half. And there may be some desperation to stay in the conversation. Where do you stand on the BYU needs to schedule another game so that they remain relevant in the eyes of the important people in the college football playoff? I think they'd love to schedule another game regardless of where they stay relevant or not. They want to play. And I think it would help them for the relevance question. It would also help them for the continuity question because it's kind of hard to keep up your level of proficiency when you're not playing football games, if you're just practicing. Keep this in mind about the Holiday Bowl. Back in the day, the Holiday Bowl earned the reputation of being the most exciting bowl in college football because there were always late game, desperate comebacks, and it was awesome. Well, the reason was that BYU went to the Holiday Bowl every year. (laughs) And in the time from the end of the regular season to the start of the Holiday Bowl, that high-powered BYU offense would lose a bit of its execution, its chemistry, and we would end up being behind early in that game. And then Mount a Furious comeback. And sometimes BYU would succeed and sometimes they wouldn't, but it was always amazingly exciting. And so the same kind of thing is a risk for this BYU team. It's a slightly different kind of offense. But you've got the same issue of not playing games, meaning that your proficiency in playing those games from the side of timing and speed and chemistry it takes a hit. How quickly that hit is uh, overcome when their next games are played it depends on a whole lot of factors, but it is something that would make scheduling another game uh, a good thing. Trevor, it's great to catch up with you on another Monday. Incredible run that BYU football is on right now, and uh, I hope you're right. I hope they get to number six, if not higher. That'd be that'd be a spectacle to see moving forward. That would be awesome. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. 8.47. It's the time on the clock. Clock's obviously broken in the background. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 847. All right, coming up. Maybe it's a superstitious thing now where he doesn't want to change it because things are going so well. Maybe not. The latest on the college football playoff chances. We'll break it down. Plus, what are the odds for BYU to not just make the college football playoff, Jerem, but win a national title? Okay. This is BYU Sports Nation. Do we have bigger glasses? Anybody? This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU Football's Clint Stock is back tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern. BYU TV app coaching Greg Rubel. Recap the amazing win at Boise State. Kyrus Tonga joins the program. Look out, he'll tackle you. Isaac Rex is in the film room, and James Empey is featured in BYU. He is Jeremiah Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Superbook Sports says Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Florida, and Notre Dame have better odds than BYU to win the college football playoff, and that's it. Does that sound about right? It sounds borderline insane, but like it or not, it's reality. Six best odds tied with Texas A&M and Cincinnati. But here's why it's mathematically sound. Because BYU's 8-0, they have two games left against inferior opponents, BYU is going to finish 10-0, and and then who knows what happens to the other teams ranked above BYU. It's 2020. Yeah. It feels like anything is possible, Jerem. And, and who, San Diego State lost to San Jose State, by the way, um, who's 3-0. The teams behind BYU could leap BYU as well. That is as possible as the teams in front of BYU, whatever. Think, think about it. BYU has better chance, a better chance to win the national title than in an average year. Oregon, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, USC, Oklahoma State, Miami, Texas. This is fun, man. This is fun. The key to winning the 1984 national title was BYU beating their competition and then hoping that the teams above them lost. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. BYU freshman tight end Isaac Rex has uh, six TDs on the season. That's two more than Matt Bushman had the entirety of last season, Spencer. Is Isaac Rex the next elite BYU tight end? I don't know because there are a ton of great tight ends on the roster, Jerem. Dallin Holker's coming back from a mission. He was awesome as a true freshman. Carter Wheat's making an impact. Wheat! Tui Pelotu's getting healthy. So, I, I don't know. This could be the Chad Lewis-Atula-Mealy dynamic duo scenario for BYU moving forward. They might have two great future NFL tight ends on the roster. This is awesome. Isaac's crushing it. Don't get me wrong. A lot of this is Zach Wilson. A lot of this is Zach Wilson, the O-line, the offense, the buildup. Matt Bushman's injury certainly has played a role into this as well. Second among freshmen, tied a, a second among all tight ends, tied sixth in a season in BYU history, those six tight ends. His touchdown to catch ratio, three and a half. Right three and a half. Holy And cow. his dad, Byron, awesome, right? Had seven career touchdown catches. So what Isaac's doing is pretty impressive. Yeah, you know that Isaac's going to hold that over his dad's head if he ends with more touchdowns in a season than he did. his dad <laughs> did in a career. Bruce Feldman of The Athletic says BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes figures to get strong consideration, end quote, to replace Gary Anderson at Utah State after Gary Anderson was let go over the weekend. Wow. Do you expect multiple BYU coaches to be included in the coaching rumor mill? Absolutely I do. Everyone on the BYU staff has ridiculously high stock right now, and they should. If your team is good, your coaches transition. It's what Lavelle Edwards coordinators did. Andy Reid, Mike Holmgren, Brian Billick. Norm Chow, they all moved on to better things because they were so good at BYU. On this 2020 staff, it's the assistant head coach, Ed Lamb, and the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, I feel will be courted the most heavily. Yeah, I would think that Ed Lamb should be a candidate at Utah State as well. Dennis Simmons mentioned in the article, too. He's the Oklahoma receivers coach. He played linebacker here. Don't be shocked if uh, the cupboard gets uh, 
uh, you know, pulled from a little bit here because BYU is a good team. And uh, if BYU has some early entrance to the draft, Zach Wilson, Brady Christensen among them, don't be shocked. It's the cost of winning. So enjoy this season uh, while you can because next year could be a little different. Jeremy, it wasn't great for BYU fans' uh, uh, hopes of making the college football playoff, but Notre Dame in an absolute double overtime classic survives Clemson 47-40. to Fans rush the field. What social distancing in South Bend? Will this result in the Irish missing games in the future? I set the over-under at one and a half. Uh, that was what we call a super spreader event, whereas Josiah Johnson tweeted, COVID cella uh, on the field. Solid. <sighs> yeah, the president of Notre Dame, John Jenkins, said uh, students have to get tested prior to leaving for Thanksgiving to yeah. be able to come back in the winter and register. So, yeah, get tested. Man, I hope for Notre Dame's sake it doesn't result in anything bad. I'd like to see what they can do. Yeah, schedule BYU, though. <laughs> All right. On to the NFL we go. Okay, Taysom Hill, two for two, 48 yards, passing at a QBR of 100 in the win over Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. Was Hill the second-best quarterback on the field last night? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Stop it. He got beat up. Man. Maybe the second-most exciting quarterback on the field last night, and it wasn't just throwing. I mean, Taysom Hill was running for first downs. He was exciting, getting his big blocks in, like, he, he might have been the most second most exciting quarterback in that specific game, but not the second best. This is the GOAT we're talking about. This is Tom Brady. He's not the GOAT in that game. I didn't see Tom Brady catch a 21-yard pass. I didn't see Tom Brady rush for 23 yards. I didn't see... Touche? Yeah, no. no listen, whatever. <laughs> Tom two, Brady! Two for two. Come on. It was awesome. He got pounded on his arm, by the way. He was bleeding. Ooh. BYU basketball receives four votes in the AP preseason basketball poll, Jerem. Yep. As you stated, they're number 39 in the top 25. Will the Cougars be an actual top 25 team at the end of the season? At the end of the season? Uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm still in wait-and-see mode because I want to see what this potluck of talent can do together. I'm excited to watch it gel, but it's, it's too early for me to know it. They've been uh, playing basketball for a while with each other, and BYU's been different than a lot of other programs. They've had the freedom to come back and practice at the facility and be around each other and play around practices more so than a lot of other teams. I think this is going to benefit BYU basketball in a way that it benefited BYU football. At some point, they'll be in the top 25 at the end of the season. Finishing's pretty good. I don't know. It's like a five seed. But at some point, I think they'll be in the top 25 this season. I would not have predicted this last year. Right? No. No. Oh, who knows? Okay, coming up, prop pick results. And how does BYU legitimately make the college football playoff? I- is it feasible? Blue goggle really, alert. is it feasible? Blue goggle alert. This is BYU Sports Blue Nation. Goggle alert. Uh, Blue goggle alert. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review, has 51 points for it to review. Tomorrow night, 7 Eastern time, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon. Can't wait to watch that one on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Monday live in Studio B. It is time for Cougars in the Rankings, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Okay, BYU Jared? Does. We have five specific ratings, if you will, that we are looking at, starting with the AP poll. That's number one on our list in the show. Number eight, BYU also number eight, according to the sports information directors and maybe a few coaches who actually vote. The football power index of ESPN has BYU at number 12, so the lowest of the rankings. But the S&P Plus from Bill Connolly and the Sagarin ratings have BYU as high as number six. Where are you leaning in all of this? Do you feel like it's eight, it's six, it's 12? Pro- Where are you? Probably eight because the one loss SEC teams, 
just have a tougher schedule, right? And and the losses are notable. Like Florida's one losses to Texas A&M, who is also top six, right? Clemson's one losses to Notre Dame, who is also top six. And and trust me, Clemson is going to get the benefit of the doubt. Alabama is going to get the benefit of the doubt. Ohio State will get the benefit of the doubt. The the worst thing for BYU's playoff chances, by the way, that was was that Notre Dame won. If Notre Dame loses that then it's clear that the top three, right, Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson, boom, boom, boom. Clemson's still top four with the loss, right? But um, it's interesting to see what happens. Cincinnati, still undefeated. Who's going to beat Cincinnati? UCF is the best hope in two weeks on November 21st. What, how Isn't much that high, this week? Isn't it this no, week? No, it's the 21st. Oh, it's the 21st. How much it's uh, East Carolina this week? Gotcha. How much higher can BYU go? I don't know that it's very much higher. Like it, it, I agree with Trevor that it's six or seven. I said seven like two weeks ago. I think six is probably the top of the mountain if Cincinnati loses, if another SEC team loses. Listen, if Indiana keeps winning, they might leapfrog BYU. They're not going to beat Ohio point. State. I don't think so either. Yeah. They're not going to beat Ohio State. Yeah, I don't think so. They're either. not going to beat Wisconsin either. And they're Indiana. Either. They don't have the – listen, we want to act like it's just this year. It's not. There's a lot of brand uh, prestige associated with where certain teams get. By the way, Liberty is 7-0. They beat Vatek. That kind of validated what they'd done. And they still have Coastal Carolina, who's in the rankings. Ooh, by the way. Coastal at and the end Liberty. of the season. There's a New Year's Six bracket buster. Yeah, that's a fun one. Well, because the not, Cincinnati loses, then maybe Coastal flies up. Yeah, even more. Yeah, interesting. that's interesting. Coastal you, Carolina. That that, that tells Chanta you everything Clears. you need to know. That the Chanticleers and the Flames and the Flames. <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> Liberty's like brand new to the party. They literally just bought a house in the neighborhood, the FPS neighborhood. <laughs> like, who? What's what are their names? But over to there? your point, validation by beating uh, an upper tier ACC team on the road. Yeah, one one win. Who? Yeah, the the other non. Okay, Marshall's sitting at sixteen. Marshall's not out. Of the so there's Coastal Carolina, Marshall, Liberty, and Louisiana sneaks Cincinnati. in at twenty fifth, six and one. I'm not buying the stock in Louisiana yeah, who, right yeah, now. Who cares? The ESPN playoff predictor. Here, here's what confuses me. So we went down the numbers. Okay, BYU is number eight in both major polls. FPI's got them at 12, but ESPN's playoff predictor with the index at 12 has the Cougars with the seventh best chances, uh, best chance of making the college football playoff. One is current, one is uh, future. That's why there's a difference. It's crazy. And above BYU are Wisconsin and Oregon at one and zero. Best chances. Yes, they play. Uh, well, they have fewer. They have fewer total games versus uh, the rest of their Power Five cohorts, right? The Big Ten and the Pac-12. You think BYU should be higher? I don't that think that the Pac-12 until Oregon is six and zero should really be seriously considered as a well, making again, the playoff contender. Th- this seems like it'd be numerically based, right? But there's always a brand association with Oregon. There just is. If Oregon's good, if USC's good, USC with a miracle comeback. Like Florida and Cincinnati, if Florida and Cincinnati were above BYU in this, that would make sense to me. And even Texas A&M. But Oregon and Wisconsin? BYU has twice the chance to make the playoff compared to Cincinnati in that. That is weird. That's crazy, right? I think Cincinnati is a better playoff option than BYU. They play in a tougher league. They have a tougher schedule. Uh, That's the thing. Not according to 
the Sagarin ratings. Cincinnati has Their played schedule. the 81st toughest schedule. BYU at number 60. Okay. Maybe Boise State helped with that. When the, sea, when the dust settles, I feel like the American will have been a tougher schedule than what BYU Yeah. You, you think adding UCF yeah. okay. and another so championship current, game? Currently, Sagarin says no. Uh, I want to look at some others just to make sure that that's validated. But when the season ends, hopefully, listen, hopefully BYU's opponents do well, but there's no opponent on the schedule besides Boise State. That is a validating win for BYU. I wish that Houston and Navy were bigger wins for BYU. They are not nationally. They're not, those are just good wins. But not to great. BYU's benefit, yeah. they were in the moment. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, Navy was a better win than Houston in the moment, which is interesting. It should be the other way. San Diego State lost. I was hoping San Diego State would be seven and zero coming into Provo, but San Jose State's decent. They're I guess, three and zero. Weird for the first time since what. Who, 2010 or something like that. Yeah, who, who have they played? Like, did they play anybody? They, they beat Air Force in New Mexico. So, no. <laughs> Reno, good for you. Yeah, listen, is BYU's, are BYU's chances of making the playoff increasing? Yeah, look at the numbers. But I, I still don't believe BYU will actually get in. Listen, there would, yeah, it would have to be just insanity. Also, I'm not sure I – this is going to sound weird. I'm not sure I want BYU in the playoff. I think that BYU is better suited to play a New Year's Six and compete and win. I think a playoff is a little above where BYU is at right now. I don't mean any offense by that. What I mean is, okay, BYU in a normal year playing this schedule is not eighth. They're probably like 12 today or 13. How much different is the level of competition going to be in the college football playoff compared to, let's say, a hypothetical showdown in the Cotton Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl with a Texas A&M or an Oregon or a Florida? I think there's a difference because, listen, when you play Alabama, Ohio State, or Clemson, that is another level compared to the next group, Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati, Oregon, Wisconsin. BYU can win that, that game. The but what if they didn't? Is another level. What if they didn't? What, really what if BYU is. loses that game by fourteen points? What's that game in the New Year's Six? Yeah. Okay. What if they lose? Would would you still feel like oh, a disappointing season? No, not the season, but a disappointing finish. Okay. Like, I don't want to feel like oh one, where it was like, dude, whoa, this is incredible, undefeated. Well, BYU right? was <laughs> never legitimately in the conversation. They literally were told like you're O-one, not going to make O-one the big bowl was games. This minus a pandemic and a different schedule. Okay. Well, similar schedule, I guess. Yeah, but, similar schedule, but yeah. B, but the rhetoric is entirely I different. I don't want to. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see BYU in the playoff game. I th- it's another level. It really is. Wow, it really is. I, I, I want BYU in a New Year's Six because I think that's going to be a really hard game, no matter who it is, and that would be a fun matchup. BYU playing Clemson, Alabama, or Ohio State. It's another level. The bro. build. I know. I understand, but the yeah. buildup. Like, isn't that the point of competing? Like. Just to have a shot? Just just to have a shot. Sure. But I don't think it's realistic to get in anyway, let alone what do you want the match huh. Okay, coming up, rise and shout out to a church chorister in Boise. <laughs> Plus our prop pick results. Uh, at what point do we start seriously considering conceding to Jason Shepard here? This is BYU Sports Nation. Never. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. 
It's time now to recap our prop picks. Going into the Boise State game, Jason Shepard had a three-point lead over me and Jerem, who had 19 points. Jason with 22. Let's uh, recap number one, Jerem. Okay, Zach Wilson, uh, was he... Will he complete more or less than 19 passes? We all said more. Yay. He completed 22. All right, number two, more receiving yards. Khalil Shakir, Dax Milne, or Gunnar Romney? Until very late, it was a BYU receiver, but it's Shakir. And, uh, I mean, we all got it wrong. We all thought it was going to be a BYU guy. Yeah, there were two long balls to Shakir. So th- thanks for that. Uh, will BYU win by more or less than five? Jason, I said more. You said less. You yes. thought it would be close. I, I yeah. told you. I'm so glad that I was oh. wrong. I said on the show, I hope I'm wrong. Yo, he wins by 34. Are you kidding me? None of us predicted. Will there be more Isaiah Kafusi tackles or BYU scoring drives <laughs> in this game? It's really close. I said scoring. He had nine tackles. BYU had eight. BYU had eight scoring drives. Eight. Come on. Yeah, so Jason and I get that point. Hey, end of the half would have been the one that uh-huh, pushed it. Uh-huh. Winning team will score more or less than 28. <laughs> we all said more. We had 51 <laughs> points. Wow. That double net. Okay, so the margin stays the same. Jason by four. Well, no, he went up one, right? He's 26. We were down three. Now he's up four. Oh, he went up one? Yeah. Oh, wow. Do we even count Jason in this? Yeah. 26 <laughs> to 22, 22. Okay. Not pictured. Again. <laughs> Our question of the day. Where does the <laughs> win over Boise State rank in BYU football history? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Carrie Turner on Instagram. As of now, top 10. Boise State was banged up, but if BYU ends up undefeated and makes it to a New Year's Six game and goes to the top five, and the fact that the haters' heads are exploding makes it all the better. <laughs> yes, it does. Today's <laughs> Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Alex Trebek, uh, Rise and Shoutout to him, uh, longtime host of Jeopardy, of course, 37 years, died of patri- uh, pancreatic cancer mm-hmm. at age 80. Gosh, that show was fun, and he just had this fun way of hosting it and uh, kind of calling you out when you didn't get the easy ones, but also being knowledgeable, so... Passed away at the age of 80. Yeah, I love Alex Trebek. What an icon, man. My uh, rise and shout-out will go to at Tyler Hurst ID, who uh, in Idaho had the following <laughs> hymns selected for church. 51, 2, and 17. That's unbelievable! <laughs> I'm feeling something in my heart right now. <laughs> my heart is full. My heart is full. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Our thanks to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddox. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I know time. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Jaron Dabney, Coordinator's Corner at Lamb. Up next to Greg Rebell on the BYU TV app.